Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! Yay! And we've got a great episode for you. It's Paige's Week again, and we are diving into a cult that's got it all. We've got Doomsday, fucking reptilians. It's a lot of end times theology of lizards. Yeah, mixing with the birth of YouTube, which is just, ooh, so good. I love it so much. Uh, But before we get into that, we have got some news and reviews. (laughs) The first piece of news is that we are coming to Panic Fest. Panic! Yes, we will be at Panic Fest in Kansas City, Missouri on Saturday, January 25th at 2.45 p.m. at the Screamland at the Screenland Armor Theater. I mean, it is a horror festival, so I think Screamland is pretty accurate. Yeah, Screamland's pretty good. That's what it will be when you come. Uh, <laughs> Panic Fest is a really awesome festival. They've got some awesome fucking movies that are playing. They're going to be playing Evil Dead in 4K, which oh. I will not be missing. No, we're definitely going to see that. What Fuck is 4K? Yeah. 4K is above uh, HD. It's like the more racist KKK. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, they'll be playing Evil Dead and Racist Vision, um, and we will be there. <laughs> There's also some comedy shows that we will be doing after, which we announce at the end of this episode. And, uh, yeah, you should definitely get tickets. Go to cultpodcastshow.com, and there is a banner at the top that says click here for tickets. Very easy to buy them, and it has all of the rest of the information. Uh, the second piece of news is that we have a Patreon. Yay! <laughs> you can go to, uh, to patreon.com slash cultpodcast to find find our patreon for just five dollars a month you get access to our bonus show and a shout out on the show but there are a ton of other great tiers as well now before we get into the episode we have another five star review (laughs) this one comes to us from music and notes and they say the best this show is amazing the hosts are thoughtful smart and funny as hell this went quickly from something to get me through while waiting for their shows to drop to being my favorite show every week my husband does not share my interest but is slowly starting to hang out to listen while i'm listening and getting ready for the day he's starting to adopt the jokes and will be drinking the flavorade before long oh no yes (laughs) we specifically told you well no kool-aid we didn't say anything about flavor i guess yeah (laughs) that one's fine Thank you for all the hard work you put into the show. Paige, I love your insight and you're bringing an accurate me context, bringing an accurate me context to scripture when cults make bizarre interpretations. It's definitely something that other similar shows are missing. Mondo, you're hella smart despite testing from definitely not a cult (laughs) charitable organizations. Andrea, you bring just the right amount of whimsy to the group. You guys are so freaking funny and intelligent and I'm glad to have you as my podcast friend. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. That means so much to us. Yay. It was very nice. Uh, Also, Andrea, I think you could up the whimsy just a little bit. I don't think any more unicorn memorabilia will fit in this room. (laughs) What about Pegacorn? Ooh. Let's get it. (laughs) And without any further ado, please enjoy the show. Thank Jesus for the dawn. Thank Jesus for the dawn. Thank Jesus for the dawn. We're on three different scales. Yay! <laughs> Just like the reptiles. <laughs> Don't drink the cool. 
For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have Andrea Gazetta. Yay! <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh Paige saw the movie Cats. I experienced the art that is cats. <laughs> it's <And> deeply disturbing. <laughs> it's deeply, deeply disturbing. We're happy to announce we're pivoting into cat podcast. Uh me <laughs> <laughs> row. <laughs> Uh, my mom coming out of the theater, one of the ticket takers apparently had really liked the movie and she asked my mom, she was like, you didn't like it. My mom was like, no, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen. And then she just walked away and I was like, mom, it's Christmas day. Oh my God. <laughs> Would do it again. <laughs> <laughs> 10 of 10 would cat again. Oh, God. I'm down just to see Jason Derulo uh, fall to new Jason Derulo's in his <laughs> hey. career. He's literally in like one scene. Oh, and then God. you just occasionally see flashes of him in other places, but he's not really in the Wait, rest of the movie. Jason. Isn't it Jason Demulo? <laughs> because he's a cat. Demulo. <laughs> Mule? Demulo. Oh, Mew. Oh, I get it. Come on. I mean, by giving them human hands and feet, they miss one of the best parts of cats, which is their toe beans. I know, but by giving them human bulges, they really got me interested <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> Even with the new the new cut, there's, there's still some there. I like that they called it a cut because they did circumcise the movie, essentially. <laughs> they... Idris Elba, even in the new version, looks straight up nude at all times. Hell <laughs> it's, it's real yeah. upsetting. Like upsetting because you're just like, ooh, Idris Elba. And you're like, but fur, I don't know. <laughs> Cat's a drinking game. Every time you see a bold, you have to take a shot. <laughs> also, there are many points where they're like drinking milk and their tails go just like straight in the air, like some sort of like tail erection so can you I see their like buttholes it. then because that's you what happens see a single butthole in the movie well and that's not true to cat life so. <laughs> well neither of them having hands and feet so i guess accurate i like accurate. how they just like added human parts but then just took away cat parts because they have real cool like ears that are very cat-like but no cat buttholes i haven't but seen very a single human, asterisk very human butts. that's what i'm saying the butts are shockingly human so uh, if you're not ready for at least four more hours of this. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> this is still trying to process the movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Should we do a new intro? I feel like I did. I fuck that up. No. Do you want to no. cut all this? No. no. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is totally fine. No, we're leaving it in just like they left Idris Elba's bullshit. <laughs> I like your idea for a drinking game, though, Andrea. Every time you see a bulge, you take a drink because eventually you'll be as drunk as the writers of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. If you told me that this movie was made by three cats in a trench coat, <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> it's because I'm, pre I'm pretty sure it would only make sense to cats. I'm pretty sure this film was funded by the tiger that mauled Roy. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's funny because this movie, if you look at it, everyone's asking like, who is this movie targeted for? And it is ex- only exclusively targeted towards cats. That's their target audience. <laughs> no, I, I haven't it's shown targeted it to towards, my cat. It's targeted towards cats that love musicals. And you know <laughs> how many of those there are. I don't know where Dennis stands on this. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, so if you're ready to talk about the only thing more disturbing than cats I am. today... We're talking about Sherry Schreiner, Orgone Energy, and Reptilians. Wow. Okay. Those were a lot lot of words that mean things in the real world. Sure, sure, sure. Maybe. Almost surely mean something very different in this world. I'm pretty sure one of those cats is the Antichrist, just based on (laughs) Sherry's readings. Um, Sherry's written multiple books. She has her own internet radio network. Wow. had. Very accomplished. She has now passed away. But... um, and a a a lot of ways of reaching out to people that I have unfortunately reviewed all of. Uh, we'll go over her Patreon at some point. Oh nice. God! If you're curious as to whether or not we're beating Sherry Schreiner, we are. <laughs> also okay. nice. I also liked. You know what? We'll get to it. It's it's fun, and we'll save it for when it's real depressing later. Okay. So our sources for this episode are. Uh, the Daily Beast article, Reptile Cult Leader Says Her Follower Was Killed by NATO. Uh, we've got USA Today. The article is Barbara Rogers sentenced to, and it's weird, but it's Barbara Rogers sentenced to, um, sentenced in Stephen Mineo killing over alien cults. Uh, we've got another article uh, from the Daily Beast, Reptile Cult Feud Over Raw Meat Ends in Death. Uh, we've got Metro UK, woman jailed in killing of boyfriend from reptile alien cult. We've got NewJersey.com, which is a magazine about things that happened in New Jersey. None of this happened in New Jersey. It just happened in states around it. Interesting. Anyway. NewJersey.com. Look at a list of the top five mobsters, both yeah. factual and fictional. <laughs> how many How many of your fa- favorite mobsters are reptiles? I don't know what that voice is. I have to go. <laughs> the, the only reason they're covering this is because one person that's involved later on, we'll probably not get to them until the next episode, uh, was born in New Jersey. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, which so Hometown hero. Hometown hero. <laughs> Uh, is alien reptile internet cult played central role in New Jersey man's death? Um, we've got the New York Post, which I know, I know the Post. It's but when you're dealing with reptile cults, the Times doesn't want to cover it. Um, <laughs> and it's woman who killed boyfriend blamed it on apocalyptic alien cult. And then we've got an article from the New Republic, which I would highly recommend reading. It's probably the best of our sources. And it's how YouTube became a breeding ground for a diabolical lizard cult. It's actually a very long article about how YouTube has shaped the conspiracy theory landscape. And I highly, highly recommend reading it. Yeah, that's one of the things that I've seen a lot lately, especially after researching uh, flat earthers and doing a little bit of diving into anti-vaxxers where like almost all of this stuff is just uh, it's just bred in YouTube that's where they get all their information it's it's like a petri dish that just grows and grabs people exactly but instead of uh, what was it Um, came out of that petri dish from orange mold penicillin Um, yeah but instead of penicillin it's just uh horrible facebook posts that's what grows out of this This is also there's a facebook group that 
was and continues to be very, very active. Of course. That a little bit. Um, we also uh, looked at SherryShriner.org, which is her website where some of her followers are continuing to update it even after her death. And this is not to be confused with uh, Sherry's Shiners, which is a moonshine organization <laughs> run by a woman who believes everyone's a reptile. <laughs> okay, okay, glad you cleared that up. I was going to say, uh, drinking moonshine is the only way a lot of this would make sense. <laughs> um, we also, I do want to prep people. I'm not a psychologist. I've just done a lot of research. Um, I think at many points in the story, we are going to encounter people with very likely undiagnosed mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose these people. I can point out things that are troubling and gaps in their stories because a lot of what we have preceding the deaths of some of Sherry's followers are just Sherry's accounts and she is an unreliable narrator, which we will see kind of as we go through. Um, the other information we have come from the families and friends of her followers who have passed away, who in some ways have to kind of speculate on behalf of their lost loved ones. And so we don't necessarily have a full and exact story. But what I would like to say is if you or someone you know is struggling with some of the things that we're seeing in this episode, get help. Mm-hmm. Talk to somebody. Even if it's, you know, talking to a friend, check in on the people around you, check in on people who seem to be changing personalities or not being themselves, because at many points in the story, if someone had stepped in or if these people had been taken seriously, they may still be alive. Yeah. Unfortunately. And this this rule goes for everything in this episode. If you or a loved one has been traumatized by the movie Cats, please seek help. Please, Jim. Um, cats should not have human hands, feet, or bulges. Definitely check in with somebody before you skimble shank a friend. Um, <laughs> I don't know what a skimble shank is, but I don't feel good about it. I think it's like if you take a can of Fancy Feast and then sharpen it into a knife. Um but in all seriousness, it is there are going to be very, very sad parts of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's important to let people know that your family and friends love you and they want you here. Yeah. So reach out and reach out. If you're not feeling bad, reach out to the people around you because sometimes that makes a difference. Yeah, of course. So that said... December 28th, 2012, 22-year-old Kelly Pingilly left a note on her pillow, purchased a bottle of sleeping pills, and drove out into the snow, parking in the nearby woods. When her body was found the next morning, the only clues to her state of mind were a collection of journal entries, a strange pendant around her neck, and her suicide note, which claims that it was not a suicide at all, but rather that she was leaving to attain a higher plane of existence and escape the reptilians on Earth. All at the direction of a woman states away. Wow. A few years previous, Kelly was just a normal teenager. Uh, She grew up in a Lutheran family, which is a denomination of Christianity. Mm -hmm. She was a former cheerleader. She lived in suburban Detroit. And everyone who knew her described her as sweet, and kind, basically an extremely empathetic 
yeah. young girl. And that's very rare for Detroit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> person to person. It depends. They're rebuilding. It could be a really cool city soon. Um, if I'm familiar, Detroit is 50% M&M and 50% cars. Juggalos. Oh, yeah, Juggalos. <laughs> yeah, Juggalos. I forgot about the Juggalos. Yeah, it's very Juggalo heavy space. Very... I didn't... Oh, you meant the state of Detroit. <laughs> yeah, I meant the state of Detroit. Uh, <laughs> silly me. Obviously. <laughs> silly, silly you. Um, but people describe Kelly as being so empathetic. She's the person that like sees someone who needs help crossing the street and drops everything to help them. Mm -hmm. She's the person that sees an old person in a restaurant. People, multiple people told a story of she saw an old man in a restaurant who was having trouble eating and she went and cut his food for him. Oh, a thank God. A complete stranger. I thought you were going to say she saw an old man in a restaurant who couldn't eat. So she chewed his food and regurgitated <laughs> and just, like, it. just like coughed it into his mouth. <laughs> but stories like that kind of come up again and again about her where she sees people who are hurting Mm -hmm. And literally inserts herself to help them. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's some of that desire to help that led her to volunteer as a transcriptionist for the radio show Aliens in the News, which was hosted by Sherry Schreiner. Hmm. She and Sherry kind of struck up an odd friendship. She really empathized with Sherry's assertions that Sherry had been misunderstood her entire life. She believed Sherry when Sherry said that no one had ever listened to her or really heard what she had to say. And in listening to her, she started to believe Sherry's assertions that she was a prophet and believed in her visions of the coming apocalypse. I think what started as her reaching out to try and help became a level of empathy and friendship that bled into Kelly's life and I think that's what most of the people who knew Kelly have said in interviews is basically she was so kind that she took on this woman's cause hmm. okay essentially yeah the sometimes when people believe like really weird things the pain behind feeling misunderstood is very real yes even if what they're saying doesn't have any value or truth to it yeah because they believe it's real so it doesn't really matter so you know she's kind of feeling that pain in this person she feels like she's helping and she feels like oh you know i i don't want you to feel this pain i'll help you and then you know stuff goes wrong yes exactly so at this point, to really understand what may have happened and what she was empathizing with, we need to address who is Sherry Schreiner. So to do this, I have the introduction to Sherry Schreiner's book, Bible Codes Revealed, the coming UFO invasion. Oh, it okay. is self-published. Yeah, yeah. I know. If you were, <laughs> I've read this. This is how to uh, do the cheat codes in the Bible, so you don't have to read the whole thing. Yeah, right? like up, up, <laughs> right, right, left, down, left, down, beget from Josiah. <laughs> and it's great. That um, one gives you unlimited <clears throat> prayers, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> you always have unlimited prayers, B. But you got to be careful, or else you'll end up with a burning bush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I could only be so lucky. <laughs> So uh, a couple notes about this before we dive into it. It is 15 pages long. Wow. Oh, okay. my God. The introduction is 15 pages yeah. long. I didn't think she wrote a book that was 15 pages long, although I shouldn't be surprised. It's much longer. Uh, she's very verbose. 
Uh, what I did is I saved you the time and I read all 15 pages and I have highlighted some important pieces in those pages. If you want to read these books, but also this introduction, all of them are available on her website for free. She also sells them, but then she seems to go back and forth on whether or not it's evil to sell them. But then she was also selling a lot of other things on her website and had a Patreon. And it's believed that that's how she was kind of funding her life. Interesting. Yeah. So let's dive into it. Um, We're also going to stop at a couple points through this to talk about the biblical basis for some of the things she's talking about because she does reference the Bible a great deal. And if you don't have at least a little bit of a foundation about what the Bible says about the things that she's talking about, Mm -hmm. it's very easy to take it at face value and be like, yeah, the Bible's old and weird. It probably says that. So we'll clear some of that up (laughs) as we go. So her introduction, and this is verbatim. It would stand at the foot of my bed and stare at me as I lay trying to sleep. Fear and sheer terror would grip every muscle and bone I had. It was at least seven feet tall, dark, and evil. It wore a pitch black cape that completely covered its body from head to toe. I would shrivel under my blankets and pray for it to go away. I did not know what it was, other than feeling that it was some evil being straight from hell, and I certainly did not know what it wanted. That's the first paragraph. Oh, God. So she saw cats, too. Absolutely. (laughs) I was actually going to say, this sounds a lot like uh, my diary entries about when Armando comes home at night. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, she's just straight up describing Darth Vader (laughs) as being at the foot of her bed. Uh, But that, I'm not kidding, that was verbatim. That's the first paragraph. That's the opening line? That's the opening. Aggressive opening. It's an aggressive opening. I will say though, I'm hooked. I am you hooked. Know? Absolutely. People, a lot of people, they start their intro with, let me introduce myself or uh, blah, blah, blah. But you hooked me right away. There's terror, there's suspense. <laughs> you couldn't even think of a second example. I can't. It's too boring. I don't read introductions. <laughs> you know what the problem with introductions is people are always introducing themselves by saying, well, my name is this and I'm here to say. <laughs> I see ghosts and I see them in a terrifying way. Um <laughs> here's what I think because she does describe multiple instances like this it sounds very much like sleep paralysis oh yeah hey girl hey or and and she describes them as night terrors her next literal next section is just night terrors are real okay I mean yeah yeah um, oh, she's probably saying what you see in Night Terrors are real and not the yes. concept of Night Terrors yes. being real. Yes, because I'm like, Night Terrors do exist, especially in children. Yeah. Uh, there are people that theorize that children have less of a boundary between the spiritual world and our world. And some people would argue that they are being visited by beings that we cannot see. That's why most horror movies have children in it. Yeah. Um, but to me, it sounds a lot like sleep paralysis. It a does. A lot like it. It's... I think, I don't know the statistics about it and how it is supposed to go for people, but for me, I've had a few instances of sleep paralysis, and it's only ever been scary as an adult. Uh, One time I was sleeping next to Andrea, and I thought that she had gotten on top of me and was trying to suffocate me, and I couldn't breathe, and by the time I was able to move, I almost like swung back and punched her, until when by the time I swung around, I realized she was on the other side of the bed asleep, and there was nothing there. It was just this weird feeling of like, 
I don't even know, like half away. It was just a really terrifying nightmare. Every time I have sleep paralysis, my eyes open, but none of the mu- the rest of my body can move. And yeah, that's that's what that's what happened worst. to me. It felt like I couldn't move, and I felt like it was in my brain. I knew it was because something was covering me and wouldn't let me move. But yeah, it's just sleep paralysis. It's terrifying. It's yeah, the, worst. the one time I had sleep paralysis, it was when Jake was still in Texas, mm-hmm. and. I could swear in like my half dream state that I heard our front door open and then something cast a shadow into the hallway. And I was convinced that there was someone in my house and I fought it and tried to scream until finally got out because eventually the paralysis breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that moment, I thought that my only chance at survival was to just ambush whoever was in the living room and catch them low center of gravity, just like tackle them to the ground and hope that Dennis helped me finish somebody off. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, butt naked, run out into my living room like a linebacker (laughs) (laughs) to find that my door is completely locked. There's no one in the house. I'm completely alone, screaming and nude in my living room. I want to. I want to know what your neighbor saw. I because I am. I know it wasn't, but I imagine your window open and they just see you naked <laughs> running into your living room, going, "Dennis!" And just like, ah! Dennis, use your human hands and pulls. <laughs> <laughs> and then looking Dennis around, tap dance to distract them. <laughs> and then just looking around and going, ah! and then just falling back asleep. Um, hers is a little more intense. Yeah. Uh, and if you believe in the spirit world, maybe she was being tormented. I don't know. I wasn't there. All we have is her account. Uh, she says, I continued to be haunted throughout childhood of this evil demonic being scaring me at night. Often I would also see shorter, creepy black shadows move throughout the room whenever I was trying to sleep. Now, here's something weird for you. This is very common in night terrors in children, are small shadows. Um, I, both my sister and I were like, yeah, the tiny dark men, like, not, not no, like no, that. no, 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 but that is like shadow people. Yeah, that's terrifying. It's terrifying, but it is no kidding. One of the most common night terrors in children. Interesting. Yeah. And, and it's children who don't know each other, who don't have similar backgrounds. It's very common. There are theories that, It's just a specific way that your brain is trying to process that point between sleeping and waking. Yeah. There are other people that think that there are evil men trying to, you know, get to you or whatever. But the general consensus is that it is a common night terror and it's due to the way that children's brains process the REM cycle. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So uh, the difference with Sherry is it didn't stop when she was a kid. She says that later in life, she learned, and again, a lot of times in this, she's going to say that she learned something and not tell you where she learned it or how or who told her or Mm -hmm. where this came from. Uh, But she says that she learned that the tall, scary man was one of Lucifer's generals sent to kill her. General? Oh, that's right, because they're preparing for a war. I forgot about that. Preparing for a war. General Lucifer, not a specific Lucifer. Well, for I'm her, sorry. it's the specific Lucifer yeah. from the CW. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> whatever that channel. Why is he so shirtless? Um, no, but be, she was raised in in the Christian faith, so for her, it's a specific Lucifer. Okay. Um, she also said that from the time she was born, Lucifer knew that she was going to be a prophet. This is what she believes. 
Uh, she then claims that she would learn as an adult how to expose, attack, and tear down Lucifer's strongholds, and that he would try to create them to control and destroy mankind, and that to prevent her, he would assign one of his top-ranking generals to kill her. Hmm. So she's John Connor. Okay. And Lucifer is sending Terminators after her. <laughs> That's basically... And this is in the late 60s, early 70s. We'll get mm-hmm. to it in a second. She'll tell us exactly when she was born. But like, this is, you know, I don't think that she stole this from Terminator, but she was definitely writing this after Terminator came out. Yeah. Oh, definitely. How, Just saying. How old is she as a human when she's having these? So according to her, she has had them basically her whole life. But at this point in the story, she's like 13. I love that she did okay. eventually... I mean, that makes sense. You're still, you, she's still a child. Sort of most people grow out of night terrors significantly by then. Yeah. Or they decrease in number normally. Now, yeah, I, I didn't get mine till I was like 19. Yeah. That's so. what I was saying. It's different yeah, for yeah. me. Here's the other thing. In a case where she is maybe genetically predisposed to mental illness, she may have been experiencing them longer as a type of onset. Mm, mm. And we'll see later on that that might be closer to the truth. I did like that she learned how to expose, attack, and... Uh, tear down. Tear down. Yeah. So first what she did was she went onto uh, the big shadow man. She pantsed him. She went onto his Twitter and uh, <laughs> found some unsavory tweets from 2012. <laughs> And then she attacked him on Twitter and then tore down his ego. And uh, yeah. Also, if he's the general, what are the little shadow people? Are they like the Lucifer's USO people? I guess. Where it's just like they've come to entertain the troops. Like what's their deal? I have no idea. She doesn't go into it in a ton of detail. She just characterizes them all as demons. Give me a ranking system here, bud. Right. Uh, You're going to tell me there's a general. I need to know what everyone's job is. So then she continues. Okay. Because again, 15 pages long. Uh, Lucifer is on a mission to control the world as the Antichrist. I am on a mission to make it as miserable as possible for him. I despise him. (laughs) Now, (laughs) some notes on the Antichrist. (laughs) Lucifer and the Antichrist within most biblical theology are two different people okay they're not the same yes there are many different beliefs about the antichrist but very few people believe that lucifer and the antichrist are the same most people believe that lucifer is kind of pulling strings and that the antichrist will rise on earth as a political leader Mm. who will then help to bring about the destruction of earth (laughs) <laughs> is there? Is it possible that that could be President Susage, which is Jesus backwards? Susage. <laughs> I I've never I've never. You guys haven't heard of political Republican <laughs> candidate Susage? Susage, whatever Christ is backwards. I'm just picturing a president that's like full sausage in a casing. <laughs> we have one now. <laughs> He's definitely smoked. Um, <laughs> No, the the pre- prevailing belief is that it is someone who will unite people uh, in such a way that they think they are bringing about peace, but they were actually bringing about war. The comparison I like to pull is Hitler. 
Mm. where Hitler rises up and there are many people who buy into his belief that through a master race we will bring about peace and things will be better, but it is actually war and destruction. Yeah, he did unite Germany in the wrong direction, but united yeah. them nonetheless. And that's the thing with the Antichrist. The un- the unity is what is definitely predicted, but it doesn't say good or bad. Interesting. Yeah, that was how the first strike was in Germany, too. That was like their goal is to like unite all of Europe and to all be German. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the key prophecies about the Antichrist is something called the Mark of the Beast, mm. which is essentially people will sign up to join the Antichrist and be given some sort of defining characteristic that marks them as his. Hmm. Um, This is why a lot of Christians are afraid of RFID chips. Oh, interesting. What are RFID chips? Like, like, you know when you microchip a cat or a dog? Yeah. But for people. Oh, okay. And so many Christians are afraid of those. Many Christians were afraid of credit cards. Many Christians were afraid of Social Security. These are all things that mark and identify you. Interesting. That's also why a lot of them don't use 23andMe. Because they don't want their DNA owned by the government. Well, yeah. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Valid fears. All I agree. All Those valid are fears. All valid fears. Yeah. 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 I guess I just never saw that as the, I guess in my mind, because I don't know much about the Bible as mm-hmm. a, you know, as a work, I didn't realize that the antichrist was going to be like those guys outside of gyms that are like come sign up for the end see one <laughs> week free you get a good t-shirt well what they're going to be more like and what people because you kind of have to take those biblical prophecies and translate them to modern day mm-hmm. and what would this mean for us in modern day because people always think the antichrist is coming right now because you have no way of knowing when he's coming right so people are always preparing right this he's like an earthquake like you're supposed to keep a case of water in your house in case the Antichrist comes. Sure. Right. But and it, also it's holy stockings water. full of holy water <laughs> yeah, <it was> for <laughs> when he comes down your chimney. Um, but this is a lot of people believed that Barack Obama was the Antichrist. What? Who's a lot of people? This lady for sure. Oh, but God. most many, many conspiracy theorists thought that he was the Antichrist. Is it because he's black? There, we'll get into that. Uh, a lot of conspiracy theory is just racism in disguise. Yeah, like, and I'm sure you'll <laughs> get into transformer. it. transformer. <laughs> People have also believed the same about Justin Trudeau. Yeah. Um. Well, that was blackface. That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they've believed he was the Antichrist. Every, they are suspicious of everyone, anyone who seeks to unite the world as one. So they were suspicious of the euro because it's a united currency. Oh. And that is something that is prophesied in the Bible is that there will be essentially one language and one currency. And the more that the Internet has come to fruition in society, more people speak English than ever. And there are very united currencies. In fact, you could argue that because of our credit card system, we have a united currency. When you said like they suspected the euro, I thought you meant the sandwich. And I was like, <laughs> the Antichrist is a euro because it unifies everyone and being like, this is pretty good this when you're very delicious. drunk. This is delicious. It's good when I'm sober, but it's exactly what I needed when I'm drunk as fuck. There are also a bunch of other like, tiny side prophecies side dishes yeah yeah that are like he'll be from roman descent and things like this if you haven't had a chance to listen to last podcast on the left's um episode on revelation 
It's very interesting. They go into in depth the idea that Revelation is an allegory for Rome at the time. Hmm. And that the Antichrist within the story of Revelation is a specific ruler is Nero or Caligula most likely I uh when I was in high school my friend took me to her church Mm -hmm. that did the minister did a whole seminar we we week by week dissected the book of Revelations each Mm -hmm. chapter at a time and it was really interesting also turns out that guy was a cult leader it like he was like not like a cult, but he was like he was like uh embezzling money, like mm-hmm. just doing a lot of really abusive things as the minister of this church. It got really weird. Interesting. Um yeah. I would Revelation is a favorite of cult leaders because in a lot of ways it's the scariest part of the Bible. And yeah. it's the part that everyone fears because it hasn't happened yet. Supposedly, Supposedly. unless it's just an allegory unless for what's allegory for already Rome. happened in yeah. Rome. But if it's not is, for me, by the way. The scariest part for me is when he brings those two stone tablets down, breaks them, and he's like, fuck, I got to go do it again. <laughs> i to walk up that hill. Oh, Damn. So the scariest part of the Bible to you is just exercise? <laughs> yeah, and having to do more work. <laughs> having to repeat a task I've already done. Because um, that's some shit I would do. I would break it, and I would break the Ten Commandments and be like, fuck, I don't really remember them. Oh, shit. Okay. I remember murder. Murder was pretty high up there. I'm going to say it's Murder's number one. Murder's actually only like seven or eight. Oh, Jesus. Actually, no. Isn't There's that, a, that murder's show? on there a couple times because it's don't kill your neighbor. And then it's like, don't take your neighbor's wife. Don't kill your neighbor's wife. I think, isn't it? No, it's don't covet your neighbor's wife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I want to say do not, thou shalt not kill is like number seven. Oh. Jeez. Because it's uh, thou shalt have no other gods before me is way up there first. Yeah. Damn. God, that's a very... I mean, in theory, they all have equal weight, so it doesn't matter what number they are. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing you tell kids when you have them. Like, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I don't have a favorite, but we know he has a favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was Jesus, the one he killed. Um... <laughs> well, of the commandments, he's like, yes, only worship me and only me. And also don't kill each other or whatever. But... <laughs> and also don't fuck your neighbor's wife, if you can manage. Yeah, if you can manage. Um, <laughs> But this is why almost any time we encounter a cult leader whose basis is in Christianity, Revelation and the apocalypse are huge at play because if it's not an allegory for Rome, then it's the only part of the Bible that hasn't happened yet. It's prophecy. It's prophecy. It's one outstanding prophecy. Yeah. And, and I mean outstanding by has not happened yet. There were I think I want to say there were other writings that before the Bible was formed, which is actually canonized, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, before the Bible was canonized, there were a lot of like loose books just hanging out. The Apocrypha, out. Yes. yeah. Yeah, so there's a bunch of books that are also prophetic that just like weren't included. But this is the only yeah. one that was included. This is the only one that's included. Now, a lot of people, not the case here, but a lot of people who are super into end times theology will also look at the Apocrypha. Interesting. Okay. And that's where some of those smaller prophecies about the Antichrist are. Because Revelations talks about the Antichrist, but not in a huge amount of detail. But the Apocrypha has like 
so much detail. So canonization of the Bible is like when Disney bought Star Wars and they were like, all right, so we're going to take these and then these ones just push them to the side. R.I.P. the Ewok adventure. <laughs> yeah, we'll, kind of. And we'll pretend this never happened. Here goes. The holiday special. <laughs> yeah, the holiday Life special. Day. <laughs> Life day. The fact that the Antichrist is actually Darth Vader that will visit a woman named Sherry in 30 years. Yeah, just push them <laughs> all to the side. Um, yeah, and, and that happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Yeah. Um, and there are, I mean, those other writings still exist. People mm-hmm. do consult them from time to time, but they're not considered quote unquote canon. Um, hmm. just a heads up if you ever want to get super into end times theology. That's but super it, interesting. It was also pretty far after the death of Christ. It was. Yes. Because it was in like what, like 680 or yes. something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was it's, a while it's ago. It's far after. And then again, changes were made when King James did the King James version, which is yeah. the basis that m- we mostly have as English speakers. A lot of our modern versions are based on that version. Now, some more recent versions have gone back and looked at the texts that were compiled to make the King James version. So there are versions that include a little bit more. Um, but in general, you've got a lot of stuff that's maybe not included that may or may not be applicable. No one 100% knows. I personally am of the belief that there will be an end times, but there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. We don't know when it's happening. We don't know what God's going to do. We can't stop it or prevent it because no. we're mortals. <laughs> So what we really should be doing instead of worrying and fretting is to all come together and, oh, God, I'm the Antichrist. (laughs) This always happens to me. I my my personal belief is because you cannot control it, Mm -hmm. that you should endeavor to create a more peaceful and loving place wherever you are. Ooh, see, my my philosophy is since you can't fight it, you should become the anti Antichrist. And just like do hella push-ups and sit-ups and like run a whole lot, maybe I don't know exercise that well. So <laughs> I carry some sure. stone tablets. Yeah, <laughs> kickboxing. Yeah. Oh my god, I want to see, I want to see a Rocky montage, but instead it's all Bible things. So like he carries like the stone tablets. He ties and he, his like, ass to a tree and walks thirty miles. Yeah, <laughs> gonna tithe now. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, I I feel like the mandate to love your neighbor as yourself means that you should endeavor to do as much good as possible for the people around you, whether they believe the same thing or not. Yeah. That it's your responsibility as someone who has been blessed with the love of God to share that with other people and in practical ways, you know, feed the poor and shit. Yeah. Be nice to people. Be nice to people. Be nice to your retail workers. Oh God! But just yeah. be nice to people in general. Is is I? You can't stop the end times. You can't control them. So you might as well try to not make things shitty now. Yeah, but you can help get health care for the rest of your fellow Americans. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Sounds like you guys are trying to unite some people. I'm I'm just trying to basically not have people die of preventable illnesses. Yeah. That's a very good thought. Yeah. Because, and here's the thing, and I think a lot of this comes from, well, the world's going to end, so why would we do that? And I'm like, you don't know that the world is going to end or when it's going to end because God says no one knows the date or the time. So it's your mandate 
to spread his love until that day comes. Also, if it's fucking, if it doesn't matter, then just do it. Exactly. Just do it. If it doesn't matter, you don't care. Yeah. Why Why do you care about how much we're spending on health care if we're all going to die anyway? Yeah. Just make people's, you know, time here more peaceful while you can. Plus, money is a construct and you're just the, the, uh, the putting more value in this dollar See, means that you're it making... It sounds like you're pitching a united currency. No, I'm pitching <laughs> against it. I'm like, create more things. Pay with weird shit. Go to the doctor and pay Go with rubies. Go back to the barter system. Exactly. Crush jars. See what's in them. Breathe I, the wild. <laughs> in my perfect world, every human being has their own spe- specific currency. And I don't mean goods and <laughs> services i mean they make money <laughs> with whoever they deem worthy so problematic can you just fix my tooth for this rooster thank you <laughs> thank <laughs> you jeez i gave you this cat with human hands and you act like it's not even that big of a thing so according to sherry mm-hmm. she says my mission started by being born to a God-fearing family in Cleveland, Ohio in the winter of 1965. Oof, gotta love the the adjective God-fearing. Yeah. It's very, it's very uh, descriptive. <laughs> it's very descriptive in the exact kind of Christian household she came from. Right. Um, she does also... Uh, she uses the term I would become reborn in Christ at the age of five, which is Christianese for at five. She decides that she's going to be a Christian as well. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Because before that, it's the choice of her parents. I mean, you 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 get raised in a house and you hear the things that people who raised yeah. you say. Well, yeah. that's what I mean. And so in, in Christianity, that is the... Like, I'm choosing to do this of my own free will to choose this path. Yeah. And, and in, I would say, most Protestant faiths and in Catholic faiths, although it, it happens at different times in slightly different ways, at a certain point, you are required to choose it for yourself. Interesting. Um, and that can happen a number of different ways in a number of different faiths and denominations. Um, but the idea being that at a certain point, you also have to choose it. Hmm. Um, and in in some that was actually a huge point of contention from Martin Luther. So mm-hmm. like in certain faiths, you have to be an adult when this happens. And then yeah. in other faiths, you know, varying degrees of awareness. Mm. So like mine happened when I was in eighth grade. That's my Catholicness. But in some Catholic, they won't let you Catholic like churches. They won't let you do it till you're out of high school. I have heard eighth grade is the most common for kids. I have heard. Yeah. Um, there are Protestant denominations that will baptize children as infants. And depending on your denomination, some people believe that that's okay. And some people don't. Some people believe that baptism should be your acknowledgement of faith, which means that you should not do it until you are allowed until you are making a decision and saying it for. So for me, I was like, 10 or 11 when I was baptized but like my godson is being raised Episcopalian so he was baptized at like six months and is that to prevent that's like insurance on the baby right so So that way the baby don't go to hell well it's kind of kind of kind of it's kind of an interesting thing where in the denomination I grew up in as opposed to baptizing children as infants they have things that are called a child dedication which is basically your parents pledging to try and raise you in a loving, 
family in the way of the Lord, which essentially when I went to my godson's baptism, it was very similar. They just also baptized him at that point. And people can still be baptized later in life. Some people choose to, some people don't. Now, is that this this dedication thing? Is that like an Art LeBeau style dedication? <laughs> Where some priest is like, and now this one goes out to Smokey Eyes from his Heine Jewels. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Just like puts a baby in front of a microphone. Um, and in, in the Protestant faith, neither of those quote unquote gets you into heaven. So okay. neither of them is an insurance policy. Um, the idea being that you still have to choose for yourself and that's what gets you into heaven. Okay. You cannot, there's no insurance for you until you choose, um, with the exception of people who die before being able to have the knowledge or ability to choose, Hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So the faith that I grew up in is like, if you died as a baby, you still go to heaven anyway, because there's no way you could have chosen. If you die as a baby and you go to heaven, do you stay in baby form? I don't know. Do you get to grow up? That's a great, these are this, great questions. This is a great question. I have no idea. I feel like I'll just have to ask when I get there. Interesting. There's a lot of things that I'm like, I don't know. I'm not going to dwell too much on it. I'll just ask when I get there. Can you send me a postcard from heaven in, to when I'm just <laughs> chilling just in hell? I'll just show up as a Darth Vader ghost and be like, Armando, <laughs> it turns out they know what you would look like as a grown up so they just let you be a grown-up but then it's real weird because then like a grown-up comes up to you and it's like it's me so and so and you're just like what i'm your baby yeah. <laughs> um, but they also believe that for like let's say you're part of a tribe that was never reached mm-hmm. they believe that because you may not have known or had no opportunity to know that it can't be held against you. There are differing beliefs which is on a that very, too. Which is a very tricky situation. Yes. Because like when I was a kid, I was like, we should not tell them then. We should just <laughs> not tell because they're living happy lives and they'll all go to heaven anyway. We should, Why are we telling them? <laughs> well, and, and there's also the idea of like, if you go there, you're introducing diseases that could kill them and make their lives worse. Yeah, but they didn't know that that back then. Right, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. just like, there's a lot of weird gray areas that if you really pick it apart, it's like, I don't know, fucking no, man. I don't yeah, know. I, and for me, I think it just comes down to, I'm going to love people as much as I possibly can and try to endeavor to make things a more peaceful and loving place. That's a very yeah, Whatever a falls call. into very that good. funnel, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. I would rather get to heaven and have them be like, you loved too much, than for them to be like, you were a judgmental asshole. <laughs> you love too much? Also, here's your adult baby, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, mother. <laughs> be like, I don't remember you at all. It's from a different timeline, what? mother. What? <laughs> It happened after Disney bought Heaven and they kind of oh, uncanonized okay, a few okay. things. Got it, got it, got There's it. There's an extended page universe where you have a baby. <laughs> I mean. Like doing. I don't know. Where Dennis is a human. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. And his name is Kitty. <laughs> and he has Jason Derulo's bolt. <laughs> <laughs> Bring but it like, back around. But cat hands and cat feet. Oh, but God. on a human body. That's ungodly. <laughs> um, now, Sherry continues. She basically says that she went to private school from preschool to 12th grade, as did I. Uh, and that's kind of the interesting thing for me is that you could very easily look at her growing up time 
and mine is very, very similar. And the difference between the two of us is that I believe, and again, I am not a doctor. I cannot diagnose people. I believe that Sherry may have suffered from mental illness. Mm -hmm. And it will become a little more clear as we go. So she struggles to find a place in the church. She doesn't really fit in, which some people don't. That's You got to try your shit out and figure out where you belong. Yeah, church chairs are very hard to fit into. Oh, man, when they've got the built-in arms. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But she believed that the things that were valid to her belief system were the things that she had quote-unquote discovered and learned in her own mind so her own prophecies is what she believes uh by the age of 12 she says she'd read the bible back and forth both testaments multiple times it makes a lot more sense when you read Read it front to back but you can read it back to front you get it um and her favorite was the book of revelation and she continues to read it over and over and over and over again and she becomes obsessed with specifically the arrival of the Antichrist. Okay. Yeah. You know how like some kids get really into Transformers or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was really into Star Wars and Alien, but like, yeah, you know. You Transformers. Know, you really into the Antichrist. <laughs> I was really into Terminator, so in a way. Um, That's like kind of Transformers. <laughs> a little bit. Transformers, demons in, in disguise. disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know that Transformers are the devil, but... <laughs> That's why Shia LaBeouf knew. That's why he got out. Um, the devil. So she claims that she knew that she would be involved in the events of the last days. Now, we know because she has passed away that that is not the case, <laughs> at least not in her corporeal form. Um, but she claims that she would be a warrior in the last days for God. And we've kind of already talked about some end times theology and what that could mean mm-hmm. within the Bible. There is the implication that there will be a war and a world war, which is why a lot of people thought the world wars were the end times. That makes a lot Heads of sense. Up. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's going to suck. I can't, I definitely can't be a warrior for God. I could maybe be a comedian for God. <laughs> Just the USO tours yeah. for the apocalypse? You could it's be me a... and those shadow people from the beginning of the episode. <laughs> we tap dance. It's great. You could also be a like a graphic designer, like a sound yeah. coordinator. Yeah. Also, the implication is that God is going to want me, which I feel like is not true. I'm probably going to be hanging out with Shadow General over there. I mean, I don't know if the, you want that, I and mean, I'm, depending and on how I'm, do you feel about heat? Oh, dude, love it. Fine with it. Grew up in the desert, which is already hell. (laughs) There's also some people believe that we're living in hell right now and that the apocalypse will happen without our knowledge and then things will change. Have you ever had to find an apartment in Los Angeles? I have. I do believe in hell. That is the most credible theory I've ever heard. (laughs) Or if you've ever tried to park in a Trader Joe's parking lot on a Sunday. Yes. (laughs) Why am I forsaken, God? (laughs) Yeah, Trader Joe's is a punishment to white people. (laughs) It looks like a blessing, but it's not. It's orchestrated by the devil. I just want to know why every single Trader Joe's has like half the size of the parking lot they need it's to this is not legitimately yeah legitimately my mom uh found this study and showed it to me and it's because it was designed that way to make it look more busy 
all the time. So they like purposefully find uh, businesses or locations where it will be that way. It is on purpose, which is really stupid. Yeah. It's Um, kind of like if you are a big chested woman, so you wear a shirt that's a size too small on purpose so that they look even bigger. Yeah. It's kind of like that. So your titties look busier than normal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. You should see my titty schedule. It is. They're so busy. A nightmare. You should see the color palette on my titties. It's very busy. It's Old a busy tits over here. <laughs> busy tits. Um, now, Sherry says that she learned at a young age that no one else was experiencing the prophecies that she was. And so she chose to keep them to herself because people would laugh at her when she would tell them that God and his angels spoke to her directly. Okay. Well, now I feel bad for laughing yeah. at her. Well, yes, I I feel like this is also a different time. Yeah. This is the 70s. And I think potentially now if someone was like, hey, I hear voices from people all the time, maybe, yeah. they, you know, we would be like, let's talk to somebody about that. I would hope. I would hope. I'm just saying that if, if someone around you is hearing voices that you don't hear, hey, let's check in on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. The entire, Let's not laugh. Let's check in. The stigma against mental health, uh, you, you know, seeking help for mental health is so prominent that in the 90s, it was the catalyst for the TV show The Sopranos, which if you haven't seen it, it's built around a mob boss going to see a therapist and being like, I can't tell any of my guys I see a therapist because they'll think I'm weak. And also, if you eat pussy, it means you're gay. Ah, The Sopranos. That's, that's not the yeah. case. There's an entire episode where he finds out his uncle eats pussy and all him and his friends are like, <laughs> fucking gay boy over there eating vagina. That's the least gay thing. <laughs> this um, old man. I mean, well, I guess it depends on who's doing the eating, because then in that case, it could be a very gay thing if it's two ladies. This old man is just telling his mistress, he's just like, look, I know I make you come when I eat you out, but you can't tell anyone or they'll think I'm gay. That's the str- I don't understand that at all. I think it's nonsense. Exactly. So what you should take away is that it is always okay to seek help, and it is always okay with consent to eat pussy. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't, contrary to popular thought, it doesn't make you gay unless... You're two ladies doing it, in which case... Unless you identify as a woman and then you're gay. Then, yeah, sure, 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 sure. And that's also But I think you probably already knew that. Um, Yeah. I will say also, it's okay to check in with your friends. It's it's okay. We should all be checking in on each other to see if we're okay. Oh, for mental health. Just in general. Oh, not to check in if they eat pussy. (laughs) Hey, hey. How's your box skills? Um, <laughs> but no, if I'm this just, was I, the Sopranos, I'd be gay as hell. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, as your mom listens to this podcast, we need to stop. <laughs> she this watches the Sopranos too. Yeah, but the <laughs> Sopranos. Like, are, I had no idea my son was gay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but from an emotional and mental wellness standpoint, mm-hmm. talk to each other, check in with the people you love, let them know that you love them and you want the best for them, and you want to help them if they need help. Although, in fairness, if someone stops taking their medication and accuses you of working for the government, that's a gray area. That's going to happen. Interesting. I know I know from uh, personal experience, Andrea has a story, so I'm, yep. I'm hoping that they get to come out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might, I might get into that story later, but we should keep going. With that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I was saying, yeah, yeah, but in sure. a... Nicer, better way? Segway yeah, tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so she says that as she grew up, the seeing people and hearing voices didn't go away mm-hmm. uh, until she went to college. She says that when she was in college, she didn't know the, notice them all that much. Um, she thinks that maybe she was quote unquote too busy to notice her tits were everywhere. (laughs) Um, But she says specifically, it seems back then I just never went to bed. I simply passed out from exhaustion. I would say that perhaps she was in a manic phase, Mm. which may have resulted in her not dwelling on the things she was seeing or hearing or not experiencing them. I also suspect that potentially she was medicated at this time and did not tell anyone. Interesting. Um, in college, one of my roommates was medicated for severe anxiety and it did prevent her from being able to sleep a lot of the time. So for me, this kind of sounds like maybe we're not getting the full story and potentially she was medicated during this time. Hmm. We don't know. Yeah, because I know that, uh, man, I am not an expert. Please do not take any of this as expert at all. But it is my understanding that in the past they treated anxiety and a lot of mental problems with stuff of uh, Adderall or its predecessors, which are, in essence methamphetamine yeah they're like speed yeah and you are and so you are it it makes sense that if you're medicated on something like that because they at one point prescribed me adderall you're not going to sleep when you are on it it might fix your problems it will not fix your sleep schedule right um and i think this may be what was happening because during this time also she was attending Liberty Baptist University, which is very conservative, which will contribute, I think, to a lot of her political conservatism and also her outlooks on the government in general. Mm. Um, but at that time, she began a career in radio news. She became the director for campus radio and then also worked at a competing radio station and apparently was very good at it. During this time, she was essentially wildly successful within the Virginia area, basically of the college and the cities around it, including Roanoke, Virginia. Interesting. Oddly and enough. This is in the late 70s? This is in the late 70s. Okay. Late 70s, early 80s. So it's like two decades before video killed the radio star. Absolutely. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she was so successful that she was able to transfer to another college, became the director of their radio station. So this is like... As a freshman or sophomore, she's directing a radio station. Wow. So she's super on it. Um, She graduated in 1991. So this is a little bit later with degrees in criminal justice, journalism, and political science. So she triple majored, according to her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, She then says that after graduating, she moved to D.C. to try and work for CNN but couldn't get in the door because they claimed that she didn't have the experience needed Mm. because she hadn't worked outside of college radio necessarily or kind of basic local terrestrial radio and i think they wanted her to be like an intern or something before she didn't want to do that so they kind of quote unquote gave her the run around according to her i think for her she struggled to climb the ranks if that makes sense um she decided to move back to Ohio and she got married shortly after and had her first child. And then the visions and the voices came back. If anyone knows a lot about psych meds, you cannot take them when you're pregnant. 
mm-hmm. a lot of them. You also can't take them if you want to be in the military. So my friend decided he wanted to be in the military and that's when he stopped taking his medication. Um, but this is pretty common. Yeah, I would also suspect because if any of you have had children, you know that postpartum depression can be a very serious issue and it could have added or compounded to her potentially not taking her meds. Um, I strongly suspect that she was medicated through college and then stopped taking them when she was pregnant and never went back on them again. It does also, being pregnant does change your body and brain yeah. mm-hmm. forever. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also adds a lot of things to booby schedules. Your tits will be <laughs> so, so busy. busy. Um, I also want to say if you are suffering from postpartum depression, people love you. Please reach out and help. They yeah. want to help you. People wanted to help her, I'm sure. She had a family that at one point I would assume loved her. Um, we hear nothing about them ever again in her story. Mm. Yeah. She basically mentions that she got married and had a baby and then we never hear about that husband or baby again. And all we know is that later on, they're nowhere to be found. Hmm. So we don't know how that ended. We have no information about that story. It's very sad, unfortunately, but yeah. Uh, I would suspect that, yes, that at that point she went off meds and never went back on them. Um, She was unemployed. She was a stay-at-home mom at one point. Um, And she decided at this point it was time for her to confront who these demonic beings were and what they wanted from her. Damn. So she says that for the next five years, she embarked on an intense research project of her own. No one hired her. This is just her doing it. And she was studying spiritual warfare, hell, demons, and Satan. And then she moved into studying, quote unquote, the deception in the churches, UFOs, government black operations, the New World Order, and much, much more. I will say, what, what is this like late 70s, early 80s then? No. This is the early 90s, early to mid 90s. Yeah. Because so when I was growing up, my mom had some books mm-hmm. and one of them is like, what Stonehenge really mean? Like, it's like that a lot of that conspiracy stuff. And I think late around the 70s is I, a lot of those books were made because like we had them in our house. I don't think my mom necessarily like mm-hmm. bought into it. I think it was more like, this is funny. But it was like we had them in our house. And I was just like, what the fuck are all these people doing? And she encounters something very similar, but something that was specific to the 90s. Okay. That we'll get into in just a second. Okay. But yes, that is definitely going to play a role. Also, in case you're wondering, the secret of stone, the Stoneheads, because you're talking about the ones on Easter Island, no, right? No, Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Oh, Stonehenge. Okay. There are actually, a lot of people think Stonehenge is the only one. There's many, many henges. Henges were common. Interesting. But the, that's one of the larger ones. And people are like, how'd they get those rocks up there? And it is huge. I've been to Stonehenge. Anyway, Stonehenge are the boners from the Stoneheads from Easter Island. Yeah. Oh, through the earth? Yeah. Then why do they have the ones stacked on? Okay, you know what? <laughs> is, is it because they didn't edit it out before releasing it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um. So she claims that this time she also learned to fight against these forces and to be a spiritual warrior, um, claiming that she had power in the name of Jesus to cast demonic beings into the abyss. Now, this is not entirely 
out of the realm of biblical reality. Okay. Um, a lot of people these days would basically rely on prayer to take care of those kind of problems. Essentially, like if you believe someone is possessed, you would pray over them or pray for them. Mm-hmm. There are some people that still believe in exorcism and casting demons out in the name of Jesus. Some of our friends have had exorcisms. That's true. I don't think they necessarily needed them. But like, no. In fact, I would I would say I don't think most people need them. I think most people should be examined by medical professionals first before any steps yeah. like that are ever taken. The uh, the person we're talking about did not need an exorcism as much as they just needed a new diet and exercise. Yeah, very possible. Um, but that within the Bible, there are stories of people casting demons out in the name of Jesus, but there are also stories of demons being like, oh, I know who Jesus is, but who the hell do you think you are? And not leaving. Wow. Like so, a terrible retail customer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They like, want to speak to me your manager. manager. I know who your manager is, but who the fuck are you? Which is why you do not fuck with the spirit world. Or retail workers. Or retail workers. <laughs> um, but she decided to fuck with the spiritual world. I'm just saying. Oh, God. So she claims to be able to cast demons out of anyone at any time. Hmm. Um, she... That's Cul- nothing. I can cast videos out of my phone onto my TV anytime. <laughs> to any TV, actually. Those are just demons in your phone. <laughs> yeah, just heads up. Um, she continued, quote unquote, research into the corruption of the church, but not the Catholic church. Oh, of course not. Which I'm like, I get that there's corruption everywhere, but like, start there. Um, like, you know, save the children. Yeah. I mean, save children anywhere. But I'm just saying, that's one that we knew about at this time. (laughs) Um, But more specifically, she believed in our government telling lies. And that's where her research starts to really take hold. The government? No. Now, this is around the time when MKUltra files are released. So she does have access to that, which is a cornerstone of a lot of modern conspiracy thought. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not unheard of. Uh, she said in 1994, she began to have visions specifically from God and that he began talking to her directly. He told her that she specifically was his warrior on earth against the Antichrist. And he, according to her, Mm -hmm. guided her in 2001 to buy a book about decoding bible verses was this what part of 2001 this is after 9-11 okay okay which i don't know if you if you grew up in a christian area after 9-11 people were very invested in thinking about quote-unquote decoding the bible and wondering if 2000 if 9-11 was the beginning of the end times it's just people trying to figure out you know, something that gives them any amount of comfort in the most traumatic, upsetting Yeah, time. people are looking for control in a time where they feel powerless. Exactly. Also, it's very important to note that this is when she started speaking to God directly because previously she had only been able to speak to God's secretary. And let me tell you, Michael is such a bitch, dude. Previously, she would get very strong feelings mm-hmm. is kind of what she implies. And now she's getting voices like direct voices she would get big feelings yeah yeah she would catch feelings yeah 
for God. She would be in her feelings about <laughs> conspiracy theory. Now, here's another thing, too. Um, Sorry. Both religion and government conspiracies are extremely common things for people who have delusions to focus on. So if you have a type of men- a type of mental illness that is prone to delusional thinking, these are two of the most common topics, especially if you were raised in a religious home because it's your brain attempting to make sense of the things around you and this is the framework that it has to work with. Okay. Right. Because both religion and the government represent forces that have an impact on your life in an unseen way. That are behind, beyond your control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the idea being, if they're conspiring against you, you have some level of control hmm. by knowing about that conspiracy. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, not the conspiracies, the, the, <laughs> the reason for why they would believe them. Obviously, the only conspiracy that's real is flat earth theory. Right, right, right. Um, she says that God taught her how to decode the Bible directly and to decode her own name. Um, and through this, God told her that she was King David's granddaughter. Now. Okay. okay. This is problematic for math reasons. <laughs> because King David was alive more than a thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. We know he was alive. There are records from other civilizations at the time that know he was alive. Mm-hmm. He was a king. At, historically, granddaughter would imply that he has had a child that either lived a thousand years mm-hmm. and then gave birth to Sherry or some sort of weird generational shift but granddaughter doesn't really make sense, especially because she knows who her parents were. And as far as we know, they weren't King David's children. She doesn't seem to dwell on the fact that this does not make sense. I mean, yeah. It, it makes sense Pretty, to her and she's going to take it as is. Look, I've been accused of murdering John F. Kennedy before. And uh, finally, what? I needed some goddamn answers, yeah. Andrea. And were and you on the grassy knoll? Also, Martin Luther King, apparently, and also this man's children. I was accused. There's this man who lived in my building, uh-huh. and I thought he was just a, an old man who lived alone. Turns out he was a wild schizophrenic. And uh, when I was trying to walk to the grocery store one day, he followed me yelling at me about all the people I murdered, including John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King. This was one of the few days I had chosen to wear heels, so I could not run away. It was very terrifying. Uh, But luckily, a young man looked at the fear in my face, and he goes, do you need help? And I said, yes. And then he stalled the man till I could get away. And it was so scary. I thought, I don't know why I knew that it would, wasn't going this way, but I thought you were going to say that a young man stopped and went, did you kill John F. Kennedy? <laughs> I will help you, but I need, need to, to know. know. Well, we have a, a mutual friend who um, previously had had a, a psychotic episode where he believed he was the Zodiac killer, even though he was not alive when the murders took place. Yeah. It did not matter to him and his belief system i think people when people are delusional or in delusional episodes the mind 
creates essentially you have what happens in your brain is you have like little pieces of information it's almost like when you're dreaming right so you have like these little pieces of information your brain wants to make sense of them so it just connects them all together and then you're like this is real because my brain has connected them when I was reading this section of her introduction where she was like, I found Bible codes and I was able to decode them. It reminded me of the movie A Beautiful Mind. Yeah. Hmm. Where it's like she's got all of this like I decoded this. It means this, this and this. There's nothing to corroborate it. There is no one else giving her any sort of encouragement for this. It is purely from her own mind. That's the weirdest part about conspiracy theorists is that they're all self-employed. Not in job sense, but in who's telling them to do these crazy things. It's always somebody who's like, so I got the... I, so I got the whiff and then I checked it out and then I decoded it and then I did a good job and everyone's like, there's no way to check this. All yeah. of it's made up. Yes, exactly. And that's the case here too. Uh, she says that in 2004... Uh, was when he re- revealed that she was David's great-granddaughter and he said directly to her, because at this point, up until now, she's like, I was getting messages, but she's pretty vague. Now she's direct quoting things that God has said to her. Okay. And this is, again, all in the same document where you see it kind of spiral out of control the longer it goes, uh, where she says that God told her that you remind me of your grandfather. And she says, which one? And he says, David, King David. And she, at that point, knew that he was right. Hmm. This sounds like a dream because I've had some crazy ass dreams where it's just like, and you're the ruler of the world and also my child. And it's like a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. And you Mm -hmm. wake up, you're like, that makes sense. Yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't. In 2002, she says that the Lord specifically led her into the alien agenda and revealed what the aliens wanted and that they were here and ready to take over and that they were the ones that would put the antichrist in power he told her about a coming ufo and a coming alien invasion and that this would be the battle for the apocalypse at the end of the world she says that he shows her the different routes that are taken to spearhead the arrival of the the army for the end times yeah and that the Lord is ex- helping her expose these plans and that that's why she has started 12 different websites, multiple online radio shows, and continues to write books exposing their agendas. So along with the Lord, she helped expose these aliens, these aliens who are coming after being exposed. <laughs> They're really into it. Yeah. Um, I, I know that I'm a child because all you had to say was a uh, an alien ship that's coming. And I just pictured a giant <laughs> saucer that's just projecting semen out. Jeez. And that's how it flies. Those tits are real busy. <laughs> Super busy. At this point, she gets hardcore into reptilian conspiracies i like reptilian conspiracy theories not as something like to believe in but i think they're very interesting and i'm sure you're gonna cover this but they kind of racist they're very racist uh she believes that nearly all celebrities although particularly celebrities that are either of jewish ancestry Mm -hmm. or celebrities of color Mm mm-hmm uh, she be- and especially Rihanna. Like she really thinks Rihanna is reptilian. Why? She went off. I don't know. I have no idea. And Beyonce and Jay Z for sure. Hmm. Um, she especially suspected President Barack Obama. She believed that he was a reptilian emissary that would become the Antichrist. Okay. 
the thing is, the Rihanna one is so weird because she's on our side. The song Umbrella is about <laughs> the dome that covers <laughs> us all. You are all under our umbrella, Ella, a, Ella, A, A, A. Now, reptilian conspiracies date all the way back to the writings of Madame Helena Blavatsky, who we have talked about a bunch. God. They're present in many theosophical religions. They are almost always painted as malevolent beings from another planet or dimension Mm -hmm. that can shapeshift and infiltrate our government and religion and basically any opportunity to control us. They also usually go hand in hand with the Illuminati, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who are also suspected to be in on the reptilian plot. One of the lead, air quotes, researchers of this movement is a man named David Icke. Yep. David Icke is from the UK, and he gives long rambling seminars on the New World Order and the Bilderberg Group and reptilians and explicitly claims that it's not racist and yet also claims that it's a Zionist agenda. (laughs) Did you say the Build-A-Bear group? I said the Bilderberg group. No, (laughs) she said the Build-A-Bear group because every Build-A-Bear is actually stuffed. They call it a heart, but it's a a chip that they put inside. It's an RFID chip. So that they can identify you and all Build-A-Bears are constantly recording every single thing that you say. Fucking follow the money. Build-A-Bear... Halle Burton. Halle Burton. <laughs> hey, Google, are you reptilian? Whoa! Whoa! I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a very good chance that didn't get picked up by the mics, but Paige just asked my Google if it was reptilian, and she said, I, I can't don't. tell. I'm sorry. <laughs> And then it no. grew legs and ran out of my house. <laughs> um, now, David Icke has been incredibly prolific, especially online. Um, and the dangerous thing about people like David Icke is that occasionally these beliefs and his quote unquote research materials get into the hands of people like Sherry. So these beliefs merged with her existing beliefs on spiritual warfare and they shape her belief system to the point that she would begin preaching to anyone who would listen about the aliens and their quest to essentially bring about the end of the world. Interesting. She claims that the Lord told her she would speak to nations. And in order to do this, she started an online radio station. So I don't know if you have this info on hand. The thought process here is that aliens from another planet or another dimension are coming here to incite the end of our world and the end times. If they're from another planet, would it not also destroy their planet or is it just our planet? They could be from another dimension. The problem with reptilian philosophy is that at a certain point, every through line for reptilianism Mm -hmm. gets to that point of like, well, wouldn't this be that? And they don't have answers. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the reptilian, you know, conspiracy theory is just thinly veiled anti-Semitism for the most part or other racism. it's, It's a fear of other. Yeah. That's just, I don't know. That's the part I've never understood where it's like, I'm down for a good conspiracy theory, but fucking cover all your bases, dog. Yeah. Yeah. And also a lot of the 
it's flat earth and reptilianism bleed into each other a lot. Oh, yeah. The worst part about conspiracy theories is when you follow one for years and then you find out it was your girlfriend that killed John F. Kennedy. (laughs) I hate that. I cannot tell you how many times that's happened to me. I've got a type. (laughs) By 2004... Uh, she had listeners in over 116 countries. Mm-hmm. What? On a, Why? Yeah. She, How many book depositories, though? Like three. Um, <gasps> no. Um, and she needed help managing her internet radio show. Girl, same. And so she started to recruit people to help. But in 2005, an invention would enable Sherry to reach farther than she ever thought possible. Because in 2005... YouTube was invented. <gasps> and that's where we'll leave off for this week. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love it. Cause now, now what you're seeing is 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 one of the things that I love, which is like old school conspiracy theories and like um low level brainwashing, I guess, which is it because before you had to like really seek this shit out and mm-hmm. find it. And now with YouTube, it's so accessible. It's everywhere. Everyone's weird grandma is turning into a conspiracy theorist right fucking now. Well, and conspiracy theorists, I feel, are like just weirder hipsters. We're like the least the the less like well produced and the less plausible this thing is like the more underground it is the more they want to believe in it because it feels like this hidden secret that they're a part of that no one else is a part of exactly so youtube 100%. is like perfect for that mm-hmm. yeah because you can have that and like and subscribe yep, yep. exactly well, this, uh, just like Sherry Schreiner's group eventually will become, is entirely brought to you by Patreon. <laughs> uh, we have a Patreon on patreon.com slash cult podcast. You can go there for just $5 a month. You gain access to our bonus show, The Speculation Zone. <laughs> There's also a bunch of other tiers that you can check out uh, with a bunch of very great rewards. But one of the rewards you get at every level is a shout out on the show. And so this week's episode is brought to you in part by Robin. Thanks, Robin. Um, With no other context, I assume that you are Batman's uh, sidekick, which also Batman sounds like the person that was standing over uh, Sherry's bed at night. (laughs) Just where's the Joker? (laughs) Monday through Friday, I watch over Gotham. But today I watch over you. <laughs> where is she? Re Sherry. Where is Sherry? I'm sorry. Who's she Robin tonight? Hey. <laughs> oh, oh. God. Anyway, thanks, Robin. Tell your boss to stop watching little girls in the 70s. Uh, that'll be great. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, this episode's also brought to you by Armiao Jensen. She who repeatedly stabs things with sharp needles as a hobby, so don't test her patience. Now, okay, I do want to provide some context for this because she was very clear. Armiao Jensen is one of our listeners who is a serial killer who runs around stabbing people mm-hmm. with large... Ne- no, they, uh, they're a cross-stitcher and they cross-stitched something for us in the past. Didn't they um, make the fuck the fringe? Yeah, I believe so that she did the fuck the French cross stitch that we got with a little tiny croissant. Beautiful work on that croissant. It's a croissant stitch. Croissant stitch. That's what I'm saying, bro. I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
This episode is brought to you by Nini Bop. She says, love you guys a ton. Y'all rule. And congrats on the wedding to Paige. Thank yeah. you. Congratulations. Nini Bop. Every time I Nini Bop. Do it up. I Nini Bop. Do it up. Do Yeah. Yeah. That was the first CD I ever owned. <laughs> what was that? Hanson. Do you not know Hanson? No. What? He's too young. That's true. The first CD I ever bought with my own money was Little Wayne's The Carter 3. I, I think we live different lives. I think I have to play Hanson for you as soon oh, as we stop recording. God. They only had one good song. So. <laughs> Counterpoint, that album is pretty great. There's at least two good songs on it, and they have a great Christmas album. Interesting. I have not listened to anything since, but yeah. Hey, uh, hey everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to send me... Videos of reptilians turning out to be celebrities. <laughs> like just videos yeah. of lizards where their face becomes Rihanna, Rihanna. for a second. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> You ever be watching a snake and its eyes close like a human and you're like, oh, <laughs> disgusting. You should have your eyes closed sideways and then front to down like a Star Wars door. Front to down? <laughs> yeah, you know how a snake's eyes close. They close sideways and then front to down <laughs> like a Star Wars door. Anyway, so you can send that to me. <laughs> on Instagram and Twitter at Mondo Does Stuff. That's M A N D O Does Stuff. You can also find uh, some show dates at MondoDoesStuff.com. This week is going to be very busy for me. If you are in uh, on Wednesday, January 1st, 2020, I will be at Inn of the Mountain Gods uh, in Mescalero, New Mexico. Uh, Thursday the 2nd, I will be at the Santa Ana Star Casino. In uh, Santa Ana, Pueblo, New Mexico. Uh, Friday the 3rd, I will be at Looney's Comedy Corner in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And then on uh, Saturday, January 4th, I will be at the International Church of Cannabis, where I think I have found my home. (laughs) Don't think I'll ever be coming back. So if you're in Colorado or New Mexico, uh, come say what's up. Come to one of these shows. If you want tickets, hit me up. There's a pretty good chance I can get you in for free. Freezles. Hey, uh, if you want to send me your best lizard person artwork or photos of lizards wearing people clothing, (laughs) uh, snakes and hats preferred. Thank you so much. How do they stay on? I know. (laughs) Please send them to me on all the things at Andre. Well, Please send them to me on Instagram at Andrea Gazetta or on all the other things at Sundress Comic. And if you could send me like decoded Bible verses, I want to know what the codes mean. Um, You could send those to me at Paige Wesley or at Rampage Wesley on Twitter. And on January 5th, I will be at the Page 71 Lounge in Studio City. Fuck yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. uh, If you actually want to decode the Bible, it's very easy. You go to thebible.com, then you right click in Google Chrome and do inspect element. And then you'll see all the HTML coding that makes the Bible. And then you can change it however you want. Great. Sounds wonderful. That's a joke for people who <laughs> website. That's a joke for my coworkers. There you go. <laughs> and um Panic Fest. Oh yeah, we're going to be at Panic Fest P-p-p-p- coming up in uh 
just a couple of days now, we will be in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, we are supposed to do a comedy show the Friday before. Still looking for confirmation on that. Don't know when or where it's going to be. Uh, but on the 25th, Saturday, the 25th at 2.45 p.m., we will be at Panic Fest at the Screenland Armor Theater or Armoire. I'm not sure how to pronounce it's, it. It's Armor. Okay. Uh, Armoire is a, is a, is is a, a drawer. Yeah. Cabinet for sure. Uh, yeah, the yeah, Screenland yeah. Armor. It's a super fun theater. It's a super fun festival. Please come out. I know we've already sold a few tickets already. Yeah. Last year we sold out. Mm-hmm. So uh, make sure you get them because we can't guarantee that they'll be there at the door. <laughs> we cannot. Please buy them. You can go to cultpodcastshow.com slash live or you can go to cultpodcastshow.com and there's a banner at the top that says click here for tickets. It's that easy. Uh, we've made it extremely streamlined so that that way there's no confusion on where to go. Um, yeah, please come to that. Also, uh, since it is at 2.45 p.m., will we... We'll, think i had a stroke <laughs> since it's at 2 45 p.m we will be able to hang out after the show catch some movies maybe get some grub maybe go get a drink and then Paige and i will be performing comedy for don't tell comedy that night after at a secret location in kansas city so ooh, if you want to come to any of that just let us know if we want to plan something official after the live show just let us know but please if you are in the area come out it is going to be worth it you are going to love it and we will love performing for you again yeah we're super excited i i got my snow practice in last night nice. mondo's gonna practice some snow in, in colorado the week leading up to it <laughs> and we have jackets now so yeah. it'll be great and I think I'm going to say for this one, don't drink the reptile juice. I don't oh, know if that's a thing. Oh, God. I don't unless, know how the Illuminati works. Unless they're wearing a hat, then it's okay. Because then sure. it's like people juice. Okay. <laughs> don't drink anything a lizard hands you or eat anything a lizard hands you. This is how the Garden of Eden got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> there were never hands involved. <laughs> it was a snake. <laughs> what is this, cats? Hey. <laughs> Uh, don't drink the milk from the milk bar at oh, Cats. God. Apparently, it is full of aphrodisiacs. Uh, and don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye. Meow. Meow.